Who's that, Clavon? Oh. standing on the promises, and he touched me.
ahead and be seated, church. And good Sunday morning to you, church. No, this women's meeting tomorrow night. There is Bible study Tuesday morning, church council Tuesday night. If you'd mark your calendars for uh, January 26th, it's a Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock. We're going to gather and tie more snuggle blankets for the cancer ministry. Any announcements from any of you folks this morning? Our poinsettias are still looking nice this Sunday. We might get one more Sunday, but if you want your poinsettia, please take it and um, enjoy it while it's still good, or we'll use them one more Sunday. Cindy and Kate, if you would stay after just for a moment, I just want to talk to you just for a moment after worship, if I may. Any other announcements from anybody else? Did you get your pipes unfroze? Cindy did it, or? <laughs> I want to thank the United Methodist men who got yesterday morning. Uh, and Ed, were you the one who invited Salvador? Yeah. I want to thank you for inviting Salvador. It was, uh, you know, we were de trying to debate how long it had been, 27, 28, 29 years since we sat down and were able to do that. When I first sat down next to Ken, I had no idea that that was Sal sitting next to you uh, until I looked at him. And I, I think by uh, my response, you could tell that I appreciated that. Uh, we have people in our lives that uh, lots of time can go by and it's like it was just yesterday and that was one of them. Something I always appreciated about Salvador, he was uh, a coach and a, a, a youth leader and a Bible study leader and he worked with people of all ages and what I appreciate most about him when he worked with teenage boys in baseball, any kind of sports, it was be men of integrity. You can lose the game and still win. And that's what he taught. And I appreciate that about Salvador. And everybody played. Just because you were... Uh, the pastor's son who couldn't hit a ball if you let him, everybody played. I'm sorry. Any other announcements? Do we need to greet each any? Do we need to greet each other again or you okay? If you need a mask, there's mask available. If you need hand sanitizer, there's hand sanitizer available. If the one sitting next to you is too close, Ask him to move. <laughs> That's pretty bad when all the women around Rob look at him. <laughs> Young disciples, please. come in. Hi, Lily. Thank you. I love peppermint. I love me some peppermint. So, you know, blonde-haired Karen was supposed to be up here doing the children's moments, the young disciples, and not brunette-haired Karen. Uh, blonde-haired Karen um, is sick and at home, so I got a call this morning, so I, I, we're just going to talk about something. You know, because you've heard a hundred million times from Pastor Pat that I have a bunch of Christmas trees at my house, don't I? 
Can you guess how many I had on display this year? Take a shot. How many? 15. That's a good answer. That's actually part of the answer. Can you guys think of anything? 100. 100. How about you? 20. 20. You got an, answer, got an idea? No. Well, okay, I'll tell you what I've got. I've got 15 trees that are probably over, or like maybe five, six foot, seven foot, nine foot and a half. I've learned that our ceiling is not nine and a half feet high because there's a, my tip had to bend like this. <laughs> but actually, Lily, you are the closest. I had 107 trees on display. Now, the parsonage is not that big. <laughs> I mean, it's a big parsonage and everything, but like that's from I had trees this big to nine and a half feet tall. So 107 feet, so 107 trees, Lily, that means you're right. You win no prize, you're just right. And for some of us, that just means a lot. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about was Christmas trees. Now, do you think between, because I had 107 Christmas trees, that I'm a, how many Christmas trees did you guys have? One, we have each one's in our bedroom. Oh, I forgot about the one on the porch. And then we got one in our living room. So we have five. Five. Okay, five. And five's a lot. How many Christmas trees do you guys have? Six. Six. Six Christmas trees. So do you think that, because I have 107 Christmas trees, <laughs> 107, that that makes me better at Christmas than you guys? No, that's right. It just maybe makes me an overexceller, but not better at Christmas, huh? <laughs> no. And that's the thing about Christmas and the thing about life is that sometimes some people have a whole bunch more than us. And, you know, Christmas trees, obviously, Miss Karen had a lot of Christmas trees. Um, um, I do not buy them, though. Where is he hiding? <laughs> He's back there. Um, and, I, and, I, and I love my Christmas trees. I love Christmas and I love decorating. But in life, we find that some people have more of one thing than we have. Like maybe some people have more, can you think of anything? More money. So does that make them better than us? No. Some people have more houses. Does that make them better than us? No. no. Some people have more Bibles. Does that make them better than us? Does that make them more of a Christian than us? No. Not really. It would might if they read them. <laughs> We got a lot of Bibles at our house, too, and I don't read every one of them. But yeah, sometimes in life, some people have more than others. What if I had more of Jesus' love? Could that be a trick question? Yeah. Yes, because why? Because he loves you. He loves me more than you? No, because Jesus loves us all the same, doesn't he? And he doesn't care whether Miss Karen has 107 Christmas trees and you have six, or that um, somebody out there has three houses and you have one, or that somebody has 23 Bibles and you have two. That does not make us any better or any less in God's eyes, does it? Because he loves us all the same, right? Okay, shall we pray now? Remember to repeat after me, okay? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us all the same. You ready for a big amen? Amen! Very good, you guys. I have treats for us when we go in the basement, okay? Can you eat fruit snacks? Okay. Let's go. Let's sit down. Take that back to Ken for me.
you're the new trustee chair, right? Yep. Okay, I apologize about the hole that was put in the parsonage group so that tree could fit. Don't apologize to me, apologize to Dan. He's got to fix it. <laughs> Ruthie Chadley. It's COVID if you would keep her in your prayers. And there's a whole bunch of others that have COVID. Recovering from COVID. Some are struggling with the flu. There's some this morning sick with the flu. Who's got a joy? Nobody. Thank you. We went yesterday and watched our youngest grandson play basketball. It was their first game, and they did very well. And uh, they handled their losses very well because the one loss was a win, but they didn't count one of their baskets. So uh, they handled it with grace, and uh, we were very proud of them. They handled it better than their grandmother did. Well, my dog Gwenny loves the snow. In fact, she gets one over on Fred every now and again because she, she loves the snow, so she gets a little bit rowdier than normal. Have you found a new goose? No, they told me I called Wildlife Sanctuary. She said to wait. They agreed just like we do. So I'm going to wait for them to watch. I'm to do that. Get some in the spring. In the spring. In a couple months. So if anybody has a for a goose in the spring. What's your goose's name? It doesn't have a name. Okay. The, the, the goose that's left needs a partner because the goose that died is gone. Unless somebody's just swiped him. I don't either. Last night, <laughs> uh, I thank Jesus for getting me to and from the city uh, last night uh, in one piece. <clears throat> On the way there, I was, I hit about, when I hit 94, I realized I was doing this over and over again. And I'm like, I wonder how long I've been doing that. So, uh, God was watching out for me to not lose myself on the freeway. Um, I don't understand why people want to live there. <laughs> and then uh, on the way home, it was, you know, it wasn't icy, but it was close to being icy, so I was glad that I got home safe, um, even though it was, you know, at 32 degrees, just flat with some water. So did you have road rage? <laughs> I think we all have a lot of joy. Uh, with the current weather conditions, I'm particularly joyous that I have a furnace in my home and my refrigerator's full. Thank God. Amen. Thank you for that, Joe. If you'd keep uh, Julie and Kevin and your prayers also, they went through COVID not long ago and been re-exposed to COVID, so they're uh, back in quarantine for a while. Karen wanted me to share that Kylan Saunders, used to be Kylan Nason, um, she graduated with Trisha a few years back. She gave birth at 28 weeks, so prayers for the family and the baby. Um, I have a joy. Is this working? Um, Christmas was really hard for me this year. It was probably the worst one I ever had. And um, I cried through the whole thing. But um, I've had a lot of friends that helped me through it this year. A lot of friends. Well, yesterday, one of them called me early in the morning and said she was going to come up and help me get the rest of Christmas put away because she knew I wanted it gone. 
So um, she showed up, and I was able to, she got everything back out to the barn. I got my groceries put back where they should be out in the garage that have been sitting in bags because I couldn't get to that. And um, I just felt good last night. Even got through with the vacuum cleaner because we got the tree out of the way. So that's my joy for this week. Any word, has Gary come home from the hospital? Yes. He's home. Did they ever determine what was wrong with him? That's why he couldn't talk, or? I don't Great. And if you would keep Cindy Richardson in your prayers, Cindy also has COVID. Uh, my son, my son Danny, is not doing very well, and I appreciate prayers for him. Anyone else? Let us talk to the father. Lord, we lift up Kayla to you and her, her baby and her pregnancy. And it takes my mind back to baby Logan. Lord, you are still in the miracle business. So we claim healing. Lord, we thank you for uh, Grady being in church this morning. You continue favor upon him and the whole family. Lift up Danny to you who is struggling physically. Cindy and Jenny and Joe and Thank you for the connection that we have in the body of believers. I think Joe gave a good reminder this morning on how blessed we are. We're not sleeping in cardboard boxes or trying to find a place. away because the shelter is full. Help us to be more mindful of those in need. Thank you for those moments when we find ourselves taking heavy breaths. And then looking at later on and giving you praise and thanks. Thank you for those men and women who put on the badge and serve and protect our communities. And as Diane had shared, that Christmas is not always joyful for all. For those servicemen and women who are away for Christmas, defending our freedom.
Lord, thank you for equipping Becca yesterday to be part of her auntie's funeral and to share your word. Lord, just breathe fresh wind. Let's reach out to touch the hem of your garment. Let us call you king and worship you. There's unspoken requests, but that you might hear us as we pray this morning, as we pray our Father. Ushers, if you would gather, please. It is offering Sunday church. Father, thank you for the ushers this morning. Thank you for the gifts of each giver, the tithes, the gifts and the offering that allow us to continue to be your church. What a challenging day it is to be your church. We claim victory in Jesus Christ. We claim life in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. May you find us faithful to our task. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Young people, you can go downstairs with Miss Karen.
Well, I have to start with verse 28. No, no, no. You do this to me all the time. That depends how you look at it. But I guess since you bailed me out yesterday, I can. You ever been in one, put yourself in one of those situations? We go to men's breakfast yesterday. Uh, it's the first time this year I've seen our neighbors. They were also in there, so I thought I'd make the nice gesture of buying their breakfast. And then I realized I didn't have any money. <laughs> so I had to ask Ken, can you grab out some money until tomorrow? <laughs> oh, King David responded, Call Bathsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king. And the king repeated his vow. As surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on the throne this very day. Just as I had vowed to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground before the king and exclaimed, my Lord, King David, live forever. I want to talk to you about the king this morning. So it's the time that King David is dying. They're going to appoint a new king. But I want to talk to you about my king. You have to understand the part of me that it wasn't until I had a personal relationship with Christ Jesus that I was able to express emotion. Didn't cry, didn't feel anything, met Jesus. And and why am I telling you this now? Uh, I, I was in a staff parish meeting the other night. And there's a part of it where I got emotional. You know, I think the last time I was on the scale, I tipped it about 270. It's a pretty big fella. But I, I'm at a point in my life when I can cry so easy over things that shouldn't affect me the way they do. But they do, I get very emotional. I was on a task with Brother Ed the other day. I'm standing on the back of a trailer and I fall and I bounce down the metal tailgate onto the concrete slab. And he says, you okay? He says, no, I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) But we try to hide how we really feel from each other. We try to hide our emotions. And I've come to a point where I, I can't hide them anymore. I told Staff Parish something the other night that I'm going to tell the whole church this morning, just so it's not a surprise to you. It is our plan, Karen and I, that July 1st of 2023, we're going to retire from pastoral ministry. That is the plan. I've had a relationship with Christ long enough to know that sometimes God changes that plan. 
And I'm open to what God wants me to do in my life. So my plan may not be my plan if God shows me something different. And why am I telling you this this morning? Because if that's my plan, I don't want it to be a surprise to anybody when that comes. My plan has always been, since I confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, to follow him the best I can. To do what he tells me to do without questioning it. Last Sunday, God spoke to me. Thought I had a pretty good message prepared for the church. God spoke to me. We we prayed for Grady. We prayed with Amanda. We prayed with some of our educators. But I heard I didn't give a sermon. I didn't give a sermon. But what God told me to do, I thought was more important than sharing what's written down here. Because I do what he tells me when he tells me. So if anybody here this morning was offended by that, you have to talk to the Father. Because that's who I answer to. I answer to the church also. I acknowledge that. There's a reason for staff parish, staff pastor parish when there's issues, we deal with them. No matter what they are, we deal with them. We have an administrative board that we try to do the best we can for the well-being of the church. This is what I need. Jesus is willing to be your king. He's the king of my life. He wants to be the king of your life. He came down from heaven to the earth that for us, for me and for you, to live among us and work among us and teach us. And then his time on this earth was gone. He's my Lord. I won't buy an automobile without first talking to him. Everything I do, I try to present it to the Father first. He, he, was, he is perfect. I don't know if there's any perfect people in the sanctuary this morning. I have encountered perfect people in their minds. <laughs> he bore my sin and he bore yours. He left fellowship with the Father to come our king here on the earth. I know one day I'll stand before him again. I know one day you'll stand before him again. You'll give an account of your life. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's going to have some questions for me. Are you willing to let him be the king of your life? You know, we come to I walked from the living room into the kitchen, I believe it was Friday night, and I heard this voice on the radio. I heard this voice on the radio. We good, Dan? Dan, you move pretty fast. Thank you for having that door covered like that. (laughs) Revelations 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's waiting to be your king. Some of you have been coming to the Brown City United Methodist Church for a long time. Is he your king? Is he your savior? 
I served a church or ask a woman to share a bulletin board. She had three bulletin boards in the church. Ask her to share a bulletin board. Then one of the other committees could put something on it. For the next year and a half, well, I went on vacation that September and I came back and my computer had been stolen out of my church office. And the next year and a half was really difficult, uh, getting sabotaged. Uh, when they went after me and they couldn't rile me, uh, they went after my wife. And that rattles me. That gets my attention rather quickly. Sometimes the church is a difficult place because we lose focus. And all of our focus should be the same. It should be on King Jesus, the savior of the world, that will save you and for me. But it's not always that way. This Revelations 3 and 20 is often an invitation for salvation. But it's also an invitation to the Christian. And how can I put it so I can understand it? I used to want to be the pilot of my life. Any pilots in here? You want to pilot your own life? You know what it did for me being the pilot? It, it just made a mess of my life. Then I met Christ. And I allowed him to rule my life. Control me. It's a whole lot better. He will come into your heart. He, she's breathing in and out as she's driving. My heart might be that it's a Ford, but that's just a personal opinion. Uh, and, you know, I, I do that on Sunday morning when I go downstairs and brothers and sisters, they gather around and pray for me. When I feel their hands This amazing breath comes out of me and I just feel the power of the Holy Spirit right then and there. And that's the feeling we should have in the church all the time. That no matter what our need is, no matter what our trouble is, no matter what, that we should be able to pray for each other and uplift each other. Uh, you know, Miss Allie came to me this morning she said, thank you for checking on me. Well, she was... Exposed to COVID. Praise God, she's, they're fine. Ruthie, I've been checking on Ruthie. Kim, Kim is waiting for her test. She's got COVID. You can't. Oh, I shouldn't say you can't. Because I did. My goodness, Clarence Shane also had COVID, and I climbed in bed with him to wipe his brow and pray with him. So what? Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, Jesus is calling us this morning. He wants to come. He wants to be in your heart. He wants to uh, give you faith over fear. A lot of people living in fear these days. Even good, sound-minded, Christian-thinking people, the devil has them living in fear over world situations. Remember what God's word says? Be of the world, but not in the world, because there's a hedge of protection around the Christian. That doesn't mean we're not going to get sick. It doesn't mean we're not going to die, because we are. But it means final victory belongs to Jesus Christ. And if you're a born-again believer this morning, you have final victory because of Jesus Christ. And you should fear nothing. It doesn't mean to be lazy and uh, not be cautious, because we should be. If I could take that little man's pains away and have them in this body, I would do that. For his sake and for his mom and dad's sake. But we're not able to do those kinds of things. So you know what we can do? We can 
be people of prayer and believe who we pray to, Jesus the King, the King of Kings, will hear our prayer and will answer our prayer. you but I'm weak you're not going to hurt children around me and you're not going to hurt women around me how is it in your household this What's it like in your house? If there's no Jesus in your family, if there's no Jesus in your life, your house is desolate. I wonder what he'll say to us. Brown City, United Methodist Church family. Hebrews 3, 1 and 4. He's the only one worthy He is worthy because he is the author of our salvation. Scripture says every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. And you'll give an account. John 14 and 6. He says, I am the way. You know, the interesting thing about my relationship with Salvador. I met Sal right after... uh, I got fired from the school district in Crosswell. I was supervisor in the Crosswell Lexington School District. I ran transportation, food service, and maintenance. Then I got fired because I was a drug addict and a drunk. And I started going to church after some time. And I met Salvador. And I believe that Sal was the first person in a church to pray for me. And uh, we used to have some great conversations. We used to see that in the church, not everybody's treated the same. If you're the president of the bank, you get treated a little bit better than you do if you're the guy who stands on the back of the dump truck and throws garbage into the garbage truck. That we don't always treat each other the same. And along comes a drug addict. Never hid it from anybody. Was one of the town drunks. Was proud of it. Could out drink anybody in town. and loved me and prayed for me and gave me a glimpse of we're all the same in God's house. Nobody's better than anybody else. God gives us all different gifts and talents to use in his church to build up his kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's not your kingdom. It's God's kingdom. He's the king. I am the way. Just path getting to him. Think of a guy that used to work for Joe Murray out at Explore Motorhome Company, Larry Miner. Larry Miner knew the Bible inside and out from front to cover and could quote scripture. Something happened in church when he was younger and he left church and he never went back. Then for quite a few years he struggled with alcohol. But he still Christ in his heart. Sometimes that road is winding. You can always come back to Christ. John 10 and 9, I am the door. He's, if 
Hey, Grady. If he's not your savior and your king this morning, don't leave the sanctuary without coming forward and we'll pray with you. We'll talk to the Father. Amanda, how is he doing? Better now? Yeah. Now, does he have another surgery? He's got a scope on Tuesday. If you will remember the Burgess family Tuesday morning, and if little Grady up to the throne of grace. How'd school go for you? Great. How was school for you guys? Good. Okay.
Father, we just thank you for the privilege we have in this great nation to uh, worship you in your house on Sunday morning. Father, it is uh, National Police Officers Day. Uh, we thank you and we pray a hedge of protection around those uh, who wear the badge and protect our communities. May God bless you, church, and may God continue to bless America. Amen. Amen.